begun on Canada's information highway. That's the state-of-the-art network that we're told will change everything from the way we do business to the way we learn. Without getting too technical, tell me how what you're working on is different from what's available to me right now. So right now, if you want to listen to your favorite CITR program, you need to be listening it to it on your radio live or streaming over the internet live. But with CITR podcasts, you'll be able to download your favorite show and listen to it whenever you want on your computer or on your MP3 player. I'm just thinking about that. I know, it, it's pretty rad. For more information, visit citr.ca slash podcast. Thank you for listening and please... The time to robots. CITR has more friends than ever before. We've partnered with tons of local businesses to bring you great discounts in the communities where you live, work, and play. Maybe Main Street is your main drag. Present your friends of CITR card at Red Cat Records, Lucky's Comics, Devil May Wear, Thriller, Blim, Hotbox, The Kiss Store, Slickety Jim's Chat and Chew. The Wallflower Modern Diner, RX Comics, Antisocial Skateboard Shop, The Whip Gallery Restaurant, Vinyl Records, Regional Assembly of Text, and Twig and Hottie to receive fabulous discounts. So become a CITR member, get a free friends card, and feel the love.
Frank was just mentioning to me that that sounds like a little bit of heavy music for my show. Yes, uh, this is the Arts Report, make no mistake. And the music you're hearing in the background is from the Hidden Towers, who were last night's Shindig 2009 Grand Prize winners. Yes, CITR's annual Battle of the Bands has finally come to a close this year. Last night, three bands battled to the death at the Railway Club, and the people who came out on top were the Hidden Towers. Shocking, but true. So I've printed off the Hidden... I tried to get in touch with the Hidden Towers earlier today. Apparently their lead singer quit the band just before the uh, the final last night. So I was not able to get a contact number for anyone so that we could speak to them. But... Um, the Hidden Towers, I will read their uh, bio from MySpace, which is where you can get some of their deliciously lovely music from. Uh, the Hidden Towers started in the autumn of 2008, although the concept for this project has been in the works for the past decades. Chris Cantrell and Ben Holland have been in search of the perfect combination of members for years after the breakup of their previous band, The Unwelcoming Committee. The project has been put on the back burner a few times while Chris was filling out his guitar obligations with Vonnegut Dollhouse. Upon the breakup of Vonnegut Dollhouse, Chris and Ben made a commitment to put this band together and recruit vocalist Sean Allen and ex-Carpe Diem drummer Sean Bradley. The perform... They... The... <laughs> they perform the performance or the platform ooh hello let's read the platform for the hidden towers remains the same at the original vision as the original vision a decade ago that is to create brutal be, brutally beautiful sur surrealistic compositions hidden towers evoke their inspiration from fear paranoia sexuality and metaphysics they accomplish this by mixing a cocktail of soul shattering rhythms and innocently playful metal melodies that draw from jazz, Turkish, metal, and post-rock music. As of November 2009, Hidden Towers will pursue their music instrumentally, rock on, and they did so at the Railway Club last night, earning the top prize place. Congratulations to all of the Hidden Towers. I will play another track from them right after this. This is Palms Kissing Palms. You can hear in the background right now. I'll bring it up for a sec. bring it back down and then play Ghost of Love by Hidden Towers. I'm going to riddle you with Hidden Towers throughout the show today. I've got an interview with the director and the star of a future or an upcoming Vancouver produced and absolutely fantastic film called Happy to Be Here. They're in studio. We're going to have a nice long chat a little later in the show. I've got Brenda Gruno about to come in and uh, here's the Hidden Towers on CITR. Winners of Shindig 2009. CITR 101.9 FM. It's coming. I swear it's coming. It's on its way. The music is, is coming. It's, it's coming, maybe? All right, let's go to Oprah Windafrizzle. Aha, wait, okay. Technical difficulties here. Right here. Let's hear some music. No, no, yes, 
No. Play. Aha. All right. This is Ghosts of Love by The Hidden Towers, The Shindig Winners, 2009. I'll be back on the other side with Brenda Gruno, our station manager, and a fantastic oboist.
Yeah. All right. That was the Hidden Towers, who won last night's 2009 Shindig Annual Battle of the Bands competition, which is hosted and run by the fantastic Ben Lai as part of CITR. Ben Lai's birthday is this weekend, and he'll be having a raucous... uh, I think it's Ben's trip is uh, playing at the railway in celebration of Ben's birthday. So head on down to the railway this Saturday night to celebrate Ben Lai's birthday. Um, also to check out the Ben's trip, which is a, an Eric's trip tribute band. Um, I had Brenda Gruno, the station manager of CITR here in the studio just a moment ago. And she was going to come and tell us about a, a concert she's doing this weekend. Um, but she is departed so I'm going to read about it and hope that she shows up. But if she doesn't show back up, then I'm going to bring in um, Sean McPherson and John Parlett, who are here. Um, Sean directed the forthcoming film Happy to Be Here, and John starred in it. The film was independently produced, picked up by Cannes, and has been shown in numerous film festivals around the world, and yet never here in Vancouver until... Next Tuesday, yes, next Tuesday, it will be on. It will be playing at the Rio Theater at the corner of Commercial and Broadway, and uh, John will be there along with many of the stars and cast members and crew because this was a entirely Vancouver produced production. So I'm going to be sending out my film critic Zachary Rothman to check it out and let us know how it goes, and I'll have a nice long chat with Sean and John just after I well, just in a moment's time. Um, yes. So, uh, Brenda Gruno is part of the Vancouver Peace Choir, and if you remember from the Arts Report's earlier um, interviews this spring, John uh, Timothy Corliss is a Juno-nominated composer, and he's here at UBC doing his dissertation, and... uh, Tim is behind the Vancouver Peace Choir, and this Saturday they are going to be having a choral music event at um, the Epiphany Chapel here at Vancouver's School of Theology at UBC. And uh, that's happening this Saturday, December 12th at 8 p.m. And the music that's going to be played is centering about around the expectations of magic of new birth. And the Vancouver Peace Choir's Oh Great Mystery, which is the name of the concert, will offer a warm collection of works for choir and cello performed in an intimate venue and set amidst the cool gray days of December. Of course, we haven't been having those cool gray days that we're so used to. Cool, certainly, but gray, mm, not so much. We've been having, thankfully, beautiful, sun-filled, cloudless, amazingly cold evenings and days here in Vancouver. And I hope it lasts for quite a while. I much prefer cold to rain. So here, bring on the sun. Here comes the sun, little darling. Anyways, back to um, the Vancouver Peace Choir's upcoming concert, Oh Great Mystery. The concert will include works by Pearsall, Imant Ramish, Eric Whitaker, and Thomas Victoria. And the concert will also feature three new works. Chris Sivak's Bye Bye Blackbird is a delicate and intricate piece for oboe, which will be played by none other than CITR's very own Brenda Gruno, station manager, cello, Ben Bolt-Martin and piano, Christine Jones and choir. Sarah Cortell's Snow Angel is a touching and personal dramatic work about angels and the final new work on the program is Corliss's own Oh Great Mystery which includes an audience sung refrain set amidst the grateful solo cello descant and lush choral theme and variations 
So um, Timothy describes his own work, The O Great Mystery, as a composition that reflects on the divine feminine image in the celebration of the birth of Christ. At the central place of the Blessed Virgin, both in ancient text O Magnum Mysterium and in the context of the birth narrative, brings our attention to the need for balance between the rational sphere of spirituality and the earth-born wisdom represented in the mystery of Christ's birth among the animals. Um, so, Brenda Gruno is now stepping back into the uh, studio, and I have uh, just read out the um, Tim's very detailed description of what the concert is going to entail. So, Brenda, can you enlighten us a little more about what people can expect at the Epiphany Chapel this Saturday? Sure. It's a peace concert, so there's going to be different... Uh, the uh, different works uh, on the topic of mystery mm -hmm. and peace, since the title is Oh Great Mystery. And in between, there'll be little readings and stories about, like, um, everything from, you know, what a small moment of peace looks like to what a, mm -hmm. what a, what a large moment in sort of a, a global conflict mm -hmm. would look like and, and feel like. Hmm. And the, the Vancouver Peace Choir is a relatively new choir. And can you give people a sense of what the whole, the, the initiative or the, the point behind the choir itself is? Mm -hmm. It was started by Tim last spring. So we had one concert last spring, or two rather, and then this is our, our second time mm -hmm. of congregating together as a choir. And uh, Tim really wanted to do something that that promoted peace and harmony in the community, as well as um, music, since he's a composer and mm -hmm. he, he was trying to find some way to, to use music as a tool right. to engage communities. Mm -hmm. Cool. So, I mean, there, as I mentioned just before you walk back in, there's, go, there's a program of choral music, but then there's also three new works, and you'll be singing and playing oboe? Am I correct in understanding this? Yeah, I'll play oboe in the one and then sing in the rest. All right. There's so, also a, a cello player mm -hmm. who's playing like three or four pieces with the choir and mm -hmm. then a solo thing as well. Right. So I'm looking forward to that. He's flying in from, from Ontario today and there's a storm, so we're hoping he makes it for oh. our concert. I mean, our, our rehearsal at seven. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, And his name is Ben Bolt Martin, for those people out there listening. Um, and um, I guess, can you give us a sense of the, the piece that you'll be playing on oboe? It's a new work by um, Chris Sivak, is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, called Bye Bye Blackbird. And he's a, he's a, I don't know a lot about him. He <laughs> likes to wear hats. He sings in the choir as well. And uh, he's he's pretty young. I'd say he's younger than I am. And he's a composition student at UBC. And uh, the piece is really good. So it's great to play a work and have the composer in the same room. So, I mean, you've been playing oboe for quite a long time, um, but have you been have you have you had an opportunity to play with with other musicians for a while? I, I mean, I'm not sure. Well, uh, the last time I I performed was last Christmas, so um, I am pretty uh, pretty out of practice. <laughs> but I'm sure that won't affect the quality of your performance this weekend. Of course not. Of course. And um, about the the choral music 
Christmas or wintertime is a specifically popular time to be hearing mass choirs and just we'll walk through stores or be going out anywhere and you hear choral music all over the place. But is the choral music that you guys are presenting, obviously you're not doing traditional carols, but is it, what what sort of sense can people get from it or, or what's the mood? I know you mentioned you'll be there'll be instances of peace in small and large representations, but um, can you describe it, how many parts is the choir and what sort of music will we hear on Saturday? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a... One of the pieces we're playing is also by a new composer, and it, it's about themes about snow and angels and different different sort of interactions with, with the divine, and that one's actually quite... Um, it's a little poppy, so it's it's hmm. really enjoyable. It's really light and and lots of minor chords, and um, it, it's really exciting. So it's good to see it and a new piece. It's very festive and Christmas or holiday oriented, without being the same right. that you've already heard. And we are singing one other carol in Dulce Jubilo, which is a a British carol, also very nice. So there will be sort of elements of of the holiday and holiday spirit in the concert without being the same stuff that you hear walking around the malls that you're hit over the head with. Right. Um, and the, the choir itself has how many members? And is it four part or is it all women? or who? It's four parts. Four parts. Um, mixed choir. Probably about 30 people. Mm-hmm. Maybe 40, 45, right. something around there. Yeah, and it's going to be really... A great concert, and I think the topic of peace is really pertinent to the holiday season. A lot of people have struggles within their families, and mm. and um, issues of of wealth and not enough wealth become more apparent mm-hmm. in the holiday season when everyone's buying gifts. So it can be a really stressful time for people. So this can be a really great place to unwind. Right. And for those of you out there who've never been to the Epiphany Chapel here on UBC's campus, it is a beautiful, beautiful church. The side walls of the church are entirely made out of glass. So I'm I'm sure the sun sets far earlier than the concert hours at this time of the year. But if you ever visit it in the winter, you can actually feel see the sun descending as you're sitting in the church. It's just ma- a magnificent space, which I hope doesn't get surrounded by all the new condos they're building here on campus. But... Mm. Who knows? Anyways, that's not the point of today's um, interview. And I want to thank Brenda for taking a minute to stop in and tell us a little bit about the concert. Yes, thanks, Tracy, for having me. No problem. Once again. And for those people out there who are interested in going, the Oh Great Mystery concert, which is being performed by the Vancouver Peace Choir and featuring works by Chris Sivak, Sarah Quartel, and someone else. Sorry. Oh, of course. Of course, conductor and creator Timothy Corliss's own Oh Great Mystery is happening this Saturday, December 12th at 8 p.m. at the Epiphany Chapel on on campus here at Van- at UBC, Vancouver School of the- the- Theology. Excuse me. Tickets are $20 for all adults, $15 for seniors, and $10 for students. And you can buy them online before the performance at www.vancouverpeacechoir.ca. That's all one word, vancouverpeacechoir.ca. Check it out. Check out the concert. And uh, I'm going to leave you with some music by Chris Sivak. He has a MySpace page online. And he's got an amazing, uh, he's got an amazing piece called Dark Pines Underwater. 
water. So I'm going to leave you with that in this dark, dark, chilly evening here in Vancouver. And I'll be back on the other side of the PSA with director Sean McPherson and a live interview about uh, Happy to Be Here, a new Vancouver produced film. Here's Chris Sibak's Dark Pines Underwater.
Stewie, uh, hey. Hey there. So, uh, it's been 24 hours. Got my money? Oh, I, you know what? Just give me till next Friday. I'll have it for you. Oh. Oh, that's funny. I could have sworn I said have it today. Yeah, I don't have it. Sorry. Oh, well, all right then. Mmm, that's good, OJ. Ah! Yeah, that hurt. Ah! That hurt. What the hell? Yeah, it feels so good. Thank you to all the donors who pledged their financial support during the CITR on-air fund drive. We are moved by your generosity, and thank you for enabling us to purchase new equipment and improve our programming. Do remember to stop by the station, pay your pledges, and pick up your prizes. We look forward to meeting you anytime between 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. on weekdays. Thank you again for your amazing response. Listen to our happy voices on the air, happier after we purchase new equipment for our studios. Thanks again. You got till 5 o'clock, you hear me? You got till 5 o'clock. You freaking psychopath! Uh, clean yourself up. All right, welcome back to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. It's about 5.34, by my estimation. The clock in this studio is never right, so apologies out there if anyone's listening and basing their schedule on the time I give. It is probably not correct. However, right now in studio, I have Sean McPherson and John Paulette, and Sean is the director of a new film. Well, how new is this film? It's, uh, I guess it's new, but it, it, it kind of depends, I guess, how, how you look at that. But we, f- we finished it uh, early this year. So. Oh, all right. And, um, well, uh, a relative, a 2009 film um, produced entirely here in Vancouver. Yeah. And um, it's called Happy to Be Here. And it's going to have its Vancouver premiere next Tuesday at the Rio Theatre. That's at the corner of Commercial Drive and Broadway. And uh, I'm very pleased to have Sean in my studio along with John. I I have to read off the top the press blurb that you sent out because (laughs) it sort of struck struck home. It's it's really cute and uh, endearing, and it it speaks to I think a lot of a lot of um, bigger questions that I have about the film, which we will get to in a moment. And before we get into the interview, I do want to play the trailer because there's a lot of great audio and it'll give people a sense of what the movie is about before you tell us. Awesome. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. So first we'll play the trailer. I'll read this press blurb and uh, we'll have a nice long chat with John Paulette and Sean McPherson. So here's the trailer of Happy to Be Here. 
I'm Dorian Winters, and I have a passive-aggressive anger management problem. He's gonna live. See, that's great. Living is great. I'm leaving. Where are you going? Just to the washroom. My dad has just suffered a stroke. He's an ex-professional wrestler who never paid attention to me. Who is this, Dad? Who are you? Well, crush him like a great kid. <laughs> My brother's an ex-drug addict. I haven't seen him in years. What's with the sign? I don't know. Can you have fun without embarrassing me all the time, Barry? Hey, Dorian. Blue balls. My life is terrible. I don't think it's going to work out, Dorian. He might be in a wheelchair? Maybe. I, I don't. If you don't try, you can't fail. I think you make problems up for yourself. You never look at the bright side. I also think living in Canada sucks. Think about it. Why is it that great? They still club baby seals. I'm sorry, Dorian. The question posed to the group was... What is a quality in ourselves other people most dislike? Would you like to respond to that question, Dorian? All right, those were the sounds of Happy to Be Here, a new movie written written by yeah written by Sean McPherson and directed and starring yeah and uh, also starring John Pellet, who's also in the in theater in studio here with me. Welcome. Thank you, uh, Tracy. No worries. Um, (laughs) Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you both in studio. It's great to have people live here at CITR. We get a lot of phone calls, so it's nice to have warm bodies in the studio. Okay, listeners, I'm waiting to talk. <laughs> All right, so do you want to give... Uh, people have he- now heard the trailer, but where, where did this idea for your movie come from? And can you give us a little background about you and your filmmaking career? Uh, yeah, well, um, I guess... The, what should I do first? Mm, why don't you start at the beginning in terms of how you got to this point and then how the film came about? Because uh, I assume the filmmaking came before the film. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, I started making films about uh, three and a half to four years ago now, and I always had the idea that I was going to do this one, um, uh, you know, as like my feature length. But uh, I did, I guess, a bunch of shorts in the meanwhile while mm-hmm. I was kind of preparing for this one and, and, you know, getting experience and stuff, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I th- that's about it. It was all leading up to... Th- so you obviously had the idea for this film a long time ago and, and wrote it a long time ago? Yeah, it was, I think, the very first thing I, I started writing film-wise as well. And where did it come from? I mean, this is a really, at least from your press blurb, which I love, is a heartwarming feature film about passive aggression, having a nice day, and forgetting the names of your family members. <laughs> where, where, does, where does this all come from? The, uh, um, I, I must continue with this. Um, here, uh, Happy to Be Here is the story of Dorian Winters, who, after his father, Butch, who, which is 
That's played, me. Yeah, played by John Pellet, who's here in studio, suffers a massive stroke and donates his life savings to a seemingly illegitimate dolphin charity. Um, Dorian embarks on a journey to discover the challenges of making peace with one's family and finding the true meaning of happiness. So where does <laughs> all this stem from, Sean? Yeah, well... What Freud say? <laughs> <laughs> um... I, I, I guess it all kind of came from uh, uh, an experience I had with a family member who actually uh, did that, you know, uh, went, had to go to the went to the hospital, got in an accident, and had uh, you know amnesia and and, and some pro, you know some problems like that, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 it was kind of it's also about uh, me at the time where I was and and uh, you know how I was dealing with it and um, you know I think. Uh, you know how you, how you kind of feel sorry for yourself, but then there's kind of uh, uh, bigger things that uh, happen in life that mm-hmm. are a little bit more uh, cause to worry about. And yeah, it's kind of about being in one of those situations and then trying to uh, you know uh, form a union with your family that maybe you haven't been entirely uh, close with, or certain members of your family that you haven't been close with, mm-hmm. and uh, coming together under those circumstances. So. And so was, it was the natural um, impulse for you to, to write about this in a film because I know you were in a band before. Um, yeah. Speaking with Frank, obviously you <laughs> knew from the from Rumbleton Radio a go go. But um, this was the most natural expression for this these feelings in this period of your life. Yeah, I I, I think it, it definitely was. It seemed to. Uh, it, you know, I don't know. In in my life, you know, as up until this point, this is this was the the most you know clearest vision I've ever had was to start making films. I don't I don't know why it happened or what, but it was suddenly like all these things were going on in my life, and I was like, I don't know why, but I was like, oh my god, I got to make a movie about right. this. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, uh, Tracy, yeah. if we could just get away from the. Uh the uh, philosophical reasoning behind uh, Sean McPherson, the filmmaker, yeah. just get right down to the film, Happy to Be Here, which, uh, of course, I'm happy to be here, yeah. and Sean is happy to be here, and, of course, you're happy to be here, and <clears throat> you're happy that we're here, yes. and we are happy to be here. But uh, Thanks. this is a great... Thanks, John. Uh, <laughs> you're welcome. And uh, I hope the listeners are happy to be here as well. Because <laughs> Me too. Because this is the busy drive-to-buy time. And, you know, uh, I'm going to just uh, pump this movie a little bit. This is definitely a, a feel-good movie and uh, and a light-hearted movie as well. Even though there's very serious undertones in this film, uh, it it is a, a, a very light-hearted look at things as well um and sean uh for whatever reason is a genius at casting complete mm-hmm. unknowns in such as yourself as myself <laughs> and when you see this film and the listeners come and see this film they will they'll just find it amazing how these quirky characters all fit somehow into the grand scheme of this story and how actually um how how feel good the film is and mm. 
and uh, how the quirkiness of the characters and mm-hmm. how they interact with each other. It's a marvelous little film. A so, marvelous little film. So, John, can you tell us and me and the listeners how you got involved? Uh, you say that um, Sean picked you out of out of the unknown, but w- how did you come about? And can you tell us a little bit about your role, Butch, in the film? Well, um, you know, a person should stay off Craigslist because that's where <laughs> these things show up. And it, was, it was the singles. It was the singles. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Was in the singles column. Uh, no, actually, I was only filmmaker. I was actually looking through Craigslist, and of course, um, you know, I was looking for some kind of employment because, uh, uh, you know, I've worked uh, in the film industry as a movie extra for quite a, a number of years, and things have been really, really slow over the last couple of years. And so, I've started looking on Craigslist and thought, well, you know, I wouldn't mind doing an independent film project. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I seen an ad and I went down there and I did my little audition for Sean. I wasn't sure whether I got the part when I left. And uh, sure enough, he calls me up and says, well, uh, you know, we're going to start at such and such a date. And of course, it, everything sort of came together, not exactly on the date intended, but <laughs> we were close. much Come on. later <laughs> on. Yeah, we only missed by, close enough. I don't know, two months. Yeah, I like horseshoes. Uh, close, close. 60 days is nothing. Yeah, Come on. yeah 60 days here or there, <laughs> give or take a little. Exactly. But we got it going, and it was a, a wonderful experience for me. It was my first uh, actual role mm-hmm. in, a, in a film, mm-hmm. and uh, what a wonderful role it was. I enjoyed playing it. Well, let's pause here, because this is a really interesting uh, window, I guess, into the independent filmmaking process. Like, uh, a, lot of, a lot of people who don't have financial backing from studios and who, want, who have a vision, who have a wonderful idea, how do they get it started? It sounds like Craigslist plays an, a, a, a crucial role in this process. Sean? Uh, Craigslist is terrible. I, <laughs> I, I remember uh, putting out ads and and I and I'd be saying, you know, uh, you know, whatever f- filmmaker looking for actors and whatever, a little description about my movie, and then where it says, you know, amount you're going to get paid, I'd put like, you know, deferral or karma mm-hmm. or experience or yeah. whatever, and I would get people would flag my ads and people would write me and be like, be like. People, we're trying to work for a living, you bastard! What are you mm. trying to rip us off? And and it, it, it's it's you know it's really kind of vicious out there on on Craigslist. But you know even if you have your ad up for a day or so, then you you, you hear from people and you can you know start to kind of assemble your your team uh, uh, that way. So I don't know. I guess that's that's how it does start. Is is Craigslist? But what about funding? And uh, because for any production, regardless of whether it's big or small, you do need some sort of uh, bat financial backing to get your cameras to be able to put things together. How how did you go about getting that aspect of the production together? Well, um, yeah, we didn't have any money. <laughs> uh, we uh, we applied for like you know the usual kind of grants, uh, funding agencies like you know the. <clears throat> can Canada Council, Council? BC Arts Council, government. other <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's nice those things are there, but we didn't get any of it, and so I just um, I took out a credit, got a new line of credit, and that's basically how we shot the film. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's then we got helped out quite a bit with our, our equipment uh, from like the major lighting guys, uh, William F. White, the big warehouse. They gave us a, a bunch of free stuff, and uh, some other places gave us all this free stuff. And uh, and then basically we just turned my apartment, which is about 300 square feet on Main Street there, um, and we just turned the apartment into what? What did we do, John? We had a hospital room, 
a doctor's office. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of things shot in a, <laughs> in, a in an apartment where you couldn't swing a cat. <laughs> but uh, huh. hey, it worked out really good. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's having the know-how, uh, what to do with the great yeah. camera crew, mm-hmm. like. Needless to say, there's not a lot of wide shots. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> fair. close-ups. Fair, fair <laughs> enough. Close-ups. Fair enough. tight shots. Mm-hmm. You know. But uh, in the end, the film came together and it was picked up in Cannes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? When did you find out and what was that like? Um, well, th- that is a... Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't actually get into the competition. What? But, no. So, but what happened... Wait, but it's right here on, on your press blurb. From Oysters it, and Grey Goose at the Cannes yeah. 2009 to Heartbreak and, cra- and Half Boxes of Craft Dinner and Tap Water? Right. So <laughs> well, re- what, what, what had happened is uh, a, f- a Paris-based company um, that I, I kind of... Um, uh, the, he was familiar with the film that I was working on. Right. And uh, he basically... Uh, they invited me to go up to the Cannes market and got me mm-hmm. a pass and got us uh, some screenings in the market and... Okay. And, uh, yeah, so that was basically it. We didn't actually get into the <laughs> official uh, uh, I competition. See, I see. But that must have been a, an exciting process in and of itself to be there. And it, was, it was incredible. It was, I feel incredibly lucky mm-hmm. I got to go. And you've obviously sent the film to a number of festivals. What's the response been on that front? Uh, not good. Not good. <laughs> For example, the Vancouver International Film Festival? Yeah, or yeah. For example, uh, uh, you know, a few others. I, I don't mind if you air your ire here on the show. We are absolutely friendly to negative... Uh, inter- Motherfucking Vancouver International <laughs> Film Festival. Well, if you're listening family there, hour. Why didn't, why didn't you... Sorry, I didn't mean that. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it, it was, it's, you know, it's, it's unfortunate sometimes when you, um, you know, uh, make a film and you're, you know, proud to make it in a city that you live in. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you know you don't you don't get that uh, go ahead from you know the community or whatever that you know you, you feel like you should be a part of mm-hmm. uh, you know being from uh, Vancouver and I guess you know I will kind of talk about it maybe a little bit um, even this might bar me from getting in forever but you know there's other festivals that really have a lot of support for the the filmmakers in their in their specific cities like Calgary does a really great job and. Uh, uh, Victoria and a lot of there's a lot of cities that really um, make it a mission to support their uh, local filmmakers. But Vancouver isn't one of them. Not yet, at least. There has been. I know that there has been a lot of murmurings, and I'm not even going to say talk, but murmurings that there should be um, a specific new directors and new films and new independent showcases here at the Vancouver International Film Festival that yeah, open certainly. a window or or a door even for young all the young talent that is here and is producing on their own credit lines mm-hmm. a lot of films that don't seem to get support here. They might get support elsewhere, yeah. but not here. It, it's, it's true. There's, there's so much... Uh, talent in vancouver as far mm-hmm. as filmmaking goes it's really un- unbelievable um like uh and i even know last year um there was you know a, about 10 feature films that i know of that mm-hmm. that got made like you know with with similar in, to to me with not a lot of money and they're mm-hmm. and they're really good and, and these guys and girls put like a lot of a lot of work into mm-hmm. it and nobody got in <laughs> to the film fest and and there's and there's so much work there's enough to really 
uh, be sh- be showcased and mm-hmm. to show the uh, international film community or whatever, or that you know, there's really amazing filmmakers in Vancouver, mm-hmm. and they're just getting better like every year. So it all seems very political, doesn't it? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not gonna harp on this too long, but I, I just mm-hmm. wanna wanna just, I guess, say that this is not breeding a culture where where new talent will survive if there isn't a place for these filmmakers who are putting a lot of time effort heartstrings and their own money into these projects that don't get shown this is a lot of potential talent that is that may have to turn to alternative funding sources well if i may be so bold as to say that gordon campbell is ensured that there's a lot of eight dollar and fifty cent an hour jobs out there for Mm -hmm. talented people to do Mm -hmm. soulless (laughs) jobs yes there's lots of them i'm working three of them right now actually you like fries with that uh let's not go there (laughs) too much too much but back to the film which is called happy to be here it's on at the rio theater next thursday night John, you mentioned that this is your first role after working in the film industry as an extra for many years. What was, what did Butch? What was the role of Butch like for you, and and how well, did you embody this? Character? It wasn't really much of a stretch for me because since 1990, I've been involved in uh, the local uh, professional wrestling scene. Um, so in this movie, I play um, an ex-professional wrestler, Butch the Beefcake Winters, who's had a cerebral hematoma, and I'm in a hospital bed and. Uh, Actually, I did have a heart attack in 2002, so I sort of had preparation for this role. You would call this the, the method or, or the Stanislavski sort no, of... No, I don't think it was <laughs> method. I didn't have to study any other person. I just studied myself. It there was just go. kind of, well, I got to be myself pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, maybe there's a little bit of exaggeration in the role, perhaps. Uh, but then... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why they call it acting. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a pretty, if I may, if I may interject, John. I th- I, th- I think uh, there's a, a lot a lot of uh, realness in in uh, what you know John's definitely put into his part in, in the movie, which is uh, incredible. And uh, a lot of the other actors, I think, too, were. All the actors were incredible. Mm-hmm. The actors in the movie, are the film, like I said, uh, you know, Sean has a knack, mm-hmm. and that knack is to. He had his vision uh, of and his script and his vision of what he wanted this movie to become, and he found the actors that fit the role. It was beautiful. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a thing of beauty. The quirkiness of the characters fits into the story perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's a marvelous film. I am telling you, this is an incredible film. <laughs> I mean, oh, and the and pitch, that's, and that's because <laughs> I am in it. No, <laughs> but but getting back to the actors, I mean, Sean, you yourself play the lead title role. Yeah, um, you wrote it, you directed it. Um, what was it like for you to get on both? What was it like for you being on both sides of the camera and embodying this hard, this difficult period in your own life and relating with? with people who maybe you don't have a lot of connection with personally, probably now you do in the aftermath, but at the time were playing parts of your life that might have been much more personal and difficult to express. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it was actually, like, uh, as far as the acting went, it was really easy. It was super easy. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, That's like, not what was, you're supposed to say. <laughs> <laughs> it was so easy. It was ridiculous. Because it just, I just... I I just kind of knew like what uh, I why I had written and what I mm-hmm. wanted to get out of 
you know, what I wanted to symbolize with mm-hmm. how the, the lead character was behaving. And it was just really simple to, to, to do that, to just so, be myself. So for those listening, what, what was it you wanted to symbolize? And what, what, did you, what, did you, what message did you want to get out? Or have you gotten out through right. this fabulous film as in John words? <laughs> Well, I, I don't. I don't know if there's exactly a message. I, I mean, there, I, maybe there is. I, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but um, I think a lot of it was uh, sort of trying to make fun of um, myself, uh, you know, during in times where you know I'd be feeling kind of miserable or, or feeling sorry for myself or whatever, and and it was kind of just like a a, a bit of a, a take on that and kind of a, a, a sarcastic little poke at. You know, when you're kind of feeling down and out and, and sorry for yourself. So um, I guess that's where I was going with the, the Down character. and out and sorry for yourself, but with a happy ending. Yes. Yeah. We had lots of little sarcastic pokes at things throughout the film that are actually quite humorous. Um, it, it requires a little bit of thought, some of the scenes. Oh, gosh. I, that's the, I, I, I know there's no explosions. Oh, no. But no animals were Thinking. harmed during the making of this film. Yeah. And that's the main thing here. <laughs> dolphins were saved. Yeah, there was dolphins. Saved. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I guess I've only got five more minutes in the booth here, and I did want to ask about the uh, wonderful soundtrack. For those of you listening, if you want to know more about the film, I would in- ha- strongly encourage you to ha- check out the website. It's at www.happytobehearemovie.com. It's a great website. And... Uh, the film features some excellent, excellent music, which is here on the website. Um, I'm going to play a track as we end the show today. But it's by, uh, exclusively written by Dustin Cole with musical instrumentation by Daniel Moxton. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got them involved in the project? Yeah, well, Dustin Cole is an old uh, friend of mine, and he was uh, kind of uh, there while I was writing out the first drafts for this movie, and, and, and I'd always be kind of jamming my ideas off him and stuff and he and he's a you know been a musician for a long time and uh and he was always like yeah man do that it's gonna be awesome i'll do the soundtrack so mm-hmm. i think before any of the actors or or any anybody else i think dustin was sort of there at the beginning mm-hmm. and uh, he he sort of and he he knew really where i was kind of coming from writing the story and uh and then he kind of wrote this the the songs that he did in there and they're they're amazing, and they, and they kind of, I think, add to sort of what I was talking about, about those, you know, certain moments of kind of uh, melancholy or, or whatever. But, you know, sometimes he, they're, how he writes them, what he does with them, they're done with kind of a, a real, uh, um, you know, kind of a, an upbeatness as well mm-hmm. to it. Um, so that's how, that's how Dustin got involved. And then Daniel Moxon uh, plays in Ben Sinister, and he's... All the films I've ever done, actually, he's composed music for them. So uh, I asked him to to do this one, and uh, he was uh, nice enough to to do all the the composition. And um, yeah, he did an amazing job. He really brought the songs to life. So with a fantastic result, yes. Mm. Um, so I'm gonna start off this uh, the title track, I guess, "Time Wasted," and I'm gonna sh- bring it up slowly here. But I really want to thank Sean McPherson and John Pellett for joining me here live at CITR Ooh. on the Arts Report. Uh, is there anything you guys want to say before I pitch your film one more time and uh, he- head out on this beautiful music? Uh, just come on down and support uh, independent film 
and come see my movie on Tuesday, December 15th at the Rio, and I'll be there. My my mom's flying out from Calgary. No to be way! There. Awesome. And, <laughs> and John and his family's gonna be we're there. We're all gonna be we're all gonna be happy to be there, and I want to remind everyone to uh, support independent artists and uh, filmmakers musicians throughout this city um, helping them they're struggling they're all struggling and uh, they need your support and uh, I am happy to be here and thanks for having us Tracy no problem thanks Tracy no problem but again that's happy to be here it's playing at the real theater that's 1660 East Broadway Vancouver the show starts at 9 p.m. Get there in advance. Tickets are only $8, and you should definitely check out the website, Happy to Be Here, the movie. Oh, Happy to Be Here, movie.com. And you can find the original soundtrack on MySpace at www.myspace.com slash happy to be here music. All right. So, as I said, this is time wasted. I'm going to start it again from the beginning because it's kind of short. And, uh, well, maybe I'll leave you with touch and go because that's more poetic. Here on CITR 101.9 FM, thanks for listening to The Arts Report. I'll see you again next week. It's a little bit of touch and go with you these days Cause I don't know what you want And I don't know what you're thinking Yeah, a little bit of touch and go You mentioned the day we met Is that a good sign? I don't know I'm not good at playing the game I'm way too nice a little bit of touch and go Cause I don't know what you want And I don't know what you're thinking A little bit of touch and go First impression, then a second, then a third Is still a charm It does no harm to know yeah, a little bit of touch and go Oh, a little bit of touch and go Cause I don't know what you want And I don't know what you're thinking A little bit of touch and go the right to remain silent and to one phone call. Not necessarily. As it turns out, your rights are not the same as those portrayed on American television programs. Would you like to know what you can do when stopped by a security official on the street, in a car, or even in your home? The Student Legal Fund Society is hosting Know Your Rights clinics at UBC. The workshop will give you a better understanding of your constitutional rights. Learn more about searches and seizures, civil disobedience, and how your constitutional rights transfer to the UBC campus. Come to Know Your Rights Training, Wednesday, December 2nd at 5.30 or Thursday, December 10th at 2.30 in the Student Union Building, Room 212. This boy and girl coming home from school look quite content with life. And why not? They're looking forward to an important date, dinner at home with the family. 
What's the matter? Doesn't that sound exciting to you? Luckily, UBC students have lots of on-campus dining options. The Pendulum Restaurant, your source for fresh dishes made in-house. The Pendulum boasts a large selection of vegan dishes, a comfortable atmosphere, and tasty breakfasts. On sunny days, you can also enjoy the licensed patio. Conveniently located next to the pit, the Pendulum is open seven days a week. This business is owned and operated by the AMS, your student society. Hey, I watched the rain pour down 